The Band of Brothers Podcast Show. I'm your boy, Dubois, and I'm here with my brothers, Boss Goddard and G Money. What's up? Yeah, man. And we in the hood, the neighborhood that we call the Brotherhood. And I want to welcome you to this place where we band together as brothers. Lifting each other up, encouraging each other. Yeah, so what's up, fellas? Ain't not much, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. How y'all brothers doing? We got a special show today, man. We actually doing a show on the weekend. <laughs> a little different for us, but we here. What else to do, brother, with the with, why why this quarantine is going on? Y'all brothers doing all right? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man, doing good, man. Got my hand on some toilet tissue. I'm good. <laughs> I hear you, man. Kind of tough being in the house. Got to be strategic with it, yeah. Got to be strategic, man. Yeah, um, man. Not liking these lines, though, man. Not liking what? Not liking these uh, lines to get into stores. So everybody pretty much has a line where they're only letting a certain amount of people into the store. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, I've been having to pass a few spots uh, because of that. <laughs> I ain't waiting in no line for no one Too or two long. items unless I really need them. Yeah, so I'm gonna, you're right. Um, me and the wife be debating who's going to go in the store because we don't want to sit in the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you pick this up? Uh, a small list turn into a long list. I'd be like, man, <laughs> I, I just came in here for two things. Now I got to stand in this long line for 15 things. I just came in here for two. But yeah, I feel you, man. So we got a special show today. Got a guest on the show today. G Money, you gonna do the honors? Yeah, let me do the honors. Let me do the honors. Uh, yeah, this brother here, man, someone I've I've really come to respect. Uh, we grew up together back in the uh, hometown we're from, back in the small town, the big town in Florida, Pike County, Georgia, Concord. Small country town, man. Uh, basically, a bunch of people, you know, kin and know one another, but great place to grow up in. And I know this guy always looked at him as a risk taker. Um, and I'm just basically at awe in how he transferred that, trans, kind of transformed that from basically where we all started at with the negative energy into positive so this guy's doing some big great and awesome things that i was just blown away and had to uh, suggest that we bring him on to the show um, he's currently the author and has his book titled tales from the pen where knowledge becomes power it's written his name rodriguez williams great guy Want to bring them on and introduce them. Rod, you there? 
Yeah, I'm here, man. Say hi to the listeners, man. Well. Hey, man. Hope y'all being blessed today and staying safe at home, quarantine. And um, I'm just here to just try to uplift, man, and and just hope somebody just get some out of the show. What's up, man? That's good. What's up, Rod? Mr. Williams, good man. Yes, sir. You know, it, you know, the, the the tongue is like a two edged sword. So, you know, I just, I just say I'm being blessed and highly favored, man. What's just up? speak that thing into existence. Gotcha. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, man. We want to welcome you to the show. Um, congratulations on your first book, man. I, I did. Give you props for that, man. Well, we're here to do uplift our brothers, man. So I want to give you a salute for that, man. I, I read the book. I I haven't finished it, but yeah, man, it's a good read, man. I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your struggle. I want you to know that from me personally, man. So yeah, welcome to the show, man. All right. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we ain't going to hold you no longer. We're going to move forward and we're going to do what we do. We're going to get into the topic for the day. Yeah. So I got to bring the topic in like this. At times, as a man, we have learned over the years as we come into our maturity of being that guy. We have to sometimes conform to certain situations to handle that situation to get the best result. Vice versa, sometimes we have to transform in a situation to bring forth a certain result. What I mean by this is sometimes you being a big bad guy Sometimes you have to humble yourself to deal with a situation that may require a little gentleness. For example, <laughs> you might be a big, big muscle guy. You know, L. Cool J say a big muscle bound man. Take his face. So what happened is you have to let those muscles just calm down some after you be injured. You catch an injury, then you have to turn it and put down the big weights and lift the little weights. <laughs> I know this from experience, from working out in the gym, you catch an injury, uh, a rotator cuff injury. You can't, can't bench press that 225 no more. You had to go down to 135, 95, 55, cause that rotator cuff starts screaming. On the vice versa side, you might be the good guy. But yet, something threatens you where you have to come and be the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing like a little skinny dude going to whoop up on a big muscle-bound man. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So sometimes, my point, the topic of the day is sometimes you have to be transform or conform to get the type of result that you need for that situation. Y'all fellas feeling that? What you think about that? Talk to me. Feeling it, man. Feeling it, man. Um, it's all about being tactical, man. Uh-oh. Taking every situation it is, yeah. 
technical. So, what's a relatable situation you ever had to come across um, in your life? What's what's the situation where you have to do that? Just from a kid perspective first, let's talk about being a kid. I think that's something that we learn as a kid um, from the perspective of bullying. I know this time of day, they don't do too much bullying in school. They shun it. But on the flip side, when we grew up, it was a whole lot of bullying. <laughs> man, I speak from my experience, man. So uh, it was strange for me, man. I have a real good experience with that, um, especially to the point where I didn't know what was going on. was wondering why it seemed like I had a big old target on my back. I don't know if you brothers can relate, but uh, those that see me, you know, you know, I'm proud to be black. I am, uh, but I am also light-skinned. Man, you ain't black, <laughs> boy, I don't told you. After, huh? I told you you ain't black, man. <laughs> so, let me tell y'all a good story, man. So, uh, give y'all a little background. Um, basically, I was raised uh, the earlier part of my life before my mom and my dad uh, kind of split. You know, I was up north. So, um Grew up around my dad's family, so um, things changed, and basically they split and moved back home to mama with mama down to Georgia. So uh, that's that's strike one against me. I'm coming to the south with a northern accent. All right, that's gotcha. strike one against me. All right, gotcha. so I don't know that. So I, I don't know that. I'm I'm young. I'm I'm eight years old. So I, I'm young guy. So we we get down here. And um, man, I I thought I was in hell, man. I thought I I thought mommy had brought me to hell, man. Um, things were different, and she's from the country, so now okay, I'm being established and raised in the country. So a lot of things that I realized in my younger life didn't apply down here. You know, I had a grandmother who who loved me, but she was real stern, man, real stern lady. Uh, Rod probably remembers a Cairo. K-Row. Yeah, Miss K Row. Miss K Row, huh? You know, because I was light and because I was from the North, man, you know, uh, started to get picked on and started to get a lot of attention from, you know, other young black guys in particular. And and young black women, you know, um, it's a thing coming on, but I wouldn't think things got out of hand to where it was actually uh, extreme bullying, but it was it was making me uncomfortable. And my answer to that as I grew was to become tough or to become harder than what I was just to kind of stand my own ground. That's called peer pressure. Go it's ahead. It's called peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, that's the answer I can only come up with. One of the key entry points into that is actually being introduced to family members that actually already fit that bill. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, they know the ropes. Yeah, I found out that I have cousins that already fit that bill. So by association, I can kind of slide on through and you know become this image of what I thought I needed to in order to actually survive. When and, and I don't want to throw nobody off. It wasn't like I grew up around like in the wild, wild west where there's a bunch of shooting or any day you step out, 
to a young kid just to get away from bullying or any un, anything that'll make you uncomfortable is surviving. Um, your brain is going to look at that situation the same way regardless. It's going to look for answers because what your subconscious wants is to be comfortable, you know? Yeah, so. I dealt with that too, man. Um, I'm born here in Georgia. I moved in different places up north. I had a northern accent, came back to Georgia, and, you know, everybody was like, you talk funny. <laughs> You yeah, say man. certain things funny. You say things funny. I, I yeah. get it, man. And I got picked on, too. <laughs> and like G-Money said, I had to stand my ground. It wasn't always the result that I was trying to get, but I had to do it. Push. Let me tell y'all, talking about good guy versus bad guy. This right here from the boss, man. So, <clears throat> fourth field grade, you know, mama get married. We moved to another city. Same thing, so me and my brother were a year apart. So, from being a good guy and a bad guy. <clears throat> so we the new kids. You know, we you know, we a little shorter than everybody else. But, you know, people don't like y'all like the same thing with y'all, man. You 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 knew somewhere. People like, hey, who these new cats here? You know, who 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 y'all is? Who y'all supposed <laughs> who to be? Y'all is? You know. And um so the things we used to go to, man, go, that we that we went through, we you know we get to these schools, man, and people always want to, you know, pick on us and try us. <clears throat> but me, me being a good guy, you can pick at me all day long. You can mess with me, whatever you want to do. I ain't, I ain't. I was taught not to fight. Okay, so that's the good guy. But the bad guy come out when you mess with my little brother. So. <laughs> A lot of people, you know, it took them a while to catch on to it. You know, you can mess with Tony as long as you want to. So <laughs> they be picking on Tony. We just sitting there, and I'm Tony, you know. We just, they just sitting there, they mess with Then somebody whisper over to the guy, hey, man, you know, mess with his little brother. He'll fight you. Then you mess with his little brother, you know, he'll fight you. Basically, they saying you mess with his little brother, then you're going to get the bad guy of Tony. They don't pick the card. <laughs> they don't pick the card. Pick the so oh, versus being a good guy in the Bad guy, you got to know when to be a bad guy. You know, you got to you got to be something behind being the bad guy. Don't just be a bad guy. Be a good guy as long as you can be a good guy. That's in your control. Now you start messing with my little brother, then I, I don't have no more control. So yeah, all, all the, the all card. the tough kids, man, like the, the 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 man, I mean the roughest of kids, tried us. And I had to fight it probably five or six of them. I, I don't fought all five or six of them from fourth to the sixth grade and don't whooped all of them. Because don't mess my little brother. Mess my little brother, then, you know, it's something else that, that's going to happen. So that would have caught the pool. In, in the, the subject that we're talking about, good guy versus bad guy, we need, people need to realize you can be a good guy as long as you want to be. Now, we know we all talking about it as being grown men now. Yeah, there there is a time on. to be a bad guy. Okay, you mess with my family. Okay, you you get a warning, you know, before the bad guy come out. But right. there is a time to be a bad guy, but it's also a way to be a bad guy if you're going to be a bad guy. But don't just be out here in the street just being a bad guy. All right, Mr. Williams, you got three stories. Now you got a top one on. Let go now. Okay. Um, Let us hear it there, Roddy Will. <laughs> Yeah, um, 
Well, kindergarten through fifth grade, I was down in, uh, like Greg said, our hometown, Pike County, Corncore, Georgia. And um, in the fifth grade, my mom, she came down, she stayed, well, she was in the military, but she had on got out and she was staying in Atlanta. And she came down one summer, and she, in the fifth grade, she caught me with, she caught me with some weed in my pocket. So, in yeah, the fifth I, um, grade. I got a fifth grade, I had a bag of weed in my pocket. Man. So I ended up so had to move to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, so I had to end up moving to Atlanta with her, but she was standing in the roughest part of Atlanta. If y'all don't ever heard of West Side Zone One Simpson Road, the Bluff. Yeah, you probably don't heard Jesus say, "I'm going to the Bluff where it's rough." Well, I was in there in the early '90s where it was really rough before Freaknik. So it was like I moved from a. a a okay situation just got caught up to got put in a bad situation. In the bad, I wouldn't say a bad situation, but a bad neighborhood to where the tough guy that was already in me, I had to keep that tough guy out just to survive in the neighborhood I was in. Right. And um, eventually, you know, I guess mom stacked the chips or whatever, and then we moved to the richer part of Atlanta, which is called Buckhead. And I ended up going to the number one high school in Atlanta, North Atlanta High School. I went to high school with Raven Simone and Bobby Valentino. Uh, we had a performing arts theater, and uh, that's where uh, Raven Simone came and took her acting up as a child. So uh, okay. I can say that, you know, I, I don't experience both sides of the world when it comes to bad and good. And... Um, I was always intelligent. You know, I taught GED for five years. That was later as I grew on up or whatever. But uh, I made good grades. I did I, I did what I needed to do. And uh, your past is determined to who you are now. So, you know, anybody I think that's afraid to tell about their past, they'll, they, they're ashamed of who they are. Yeah. Because your past is what made your future. So basically, all of us have had in our past coming up as kids, we had a good guy versus bad guy situation that we had to learn from. Um, like Boss Man said, you at an early age, he was able to like he would talk not to let the bad guy come out so early. Not all of us have that coming out. Um the way in my neighborhood, it was always pressed. Like, it was always pressed to bring that bad guy out of you. We want to see how bad you can get. The crazy part is that at first, you have a resistance of not letting it come out. But then, after you let it come out, you start wanting that guy to come out because that guy got respect. That guy got attention. That guy made other people um, kind of, it drew that same energy to you. And it seemed like when you got that bad guy out, that's when people listen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that was us as kids. Now you fast forward that to an adulthood. Now you got more than just you being a kid who don't know any better. Now you're an adult that has some sense of what's good and what's bad and how bad or how good you can be. Yeah. So... What are some of the examples as adult men that we see that in our society or we see it in the media or we see it around us all the time? And 
Some people don't know how to tell whether that person is a good person or a bad guy. A good guy or bad guy, they can't tell if that person is one or is that person have both of these complex inside the one person. Do that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think they just come back to, uh, you know, um, we as men, you know, and we, we should be the head of our household. We should always be praying for discernment because uh, a lot of times, you know, we can be doing stuff and don't know why we're doing it or doing stuff and don't even know the real history behind it. Like, uh, for example, in my book, I got a chapter called Trendsetter. And, uh, you know, and I was basically speaking on how, you know, like the black youth like to sag their clothes. Yeah. Well, you know, I did 10 years in the pen to where sagging your clothes in the pen and really that's where it originated from. Mm -hmm. It means that you are ready to be taken by another man. So, you know, it's like you, you, they following trends that are they trying to portray a bad guy, but don't even know the real history behind it. And like you said, you being a bad guy for the wrong reasons. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, that's a good, a real good point. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty good, but man. But as a as. Men, like you said, we have to have that discernment. I don't think it's a bad thing to have to turn on the bad guy when you know, like Bossman said, he learned at an early age when to turn it on. When his family is threatened or he had to protect the family, he automatically went into a, it's on, 100. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Went from zero to 100. So just like you're a football player, I know on the football field, I remember being on playing football, man. The person that go light out there and the person that get hit the hardest. If you out there lollygagging on the field, you a target. Somebody got somebody looking at your number. So in football, the terminology is, is that your head got to be on a swivel, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to know what's going on at all times. Got to be. Got to have your head in the game, man. Yeah, and you got to go a hundred every play. Like you got to go aggressive every play. Now in football, I have learned as a player and a coach, that there's a time to be aggressive and there's a time not to be. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's just say, let's just take in the, in the media what we see in the, in the NFL players. That I only played football in high school. You take that to college, then you take that to the pros. Now all you've been trained is to be aggressive all the years, right? And now, now you this big man with all this aggressive train inside of you, but now you become a husband. Now you become a father. Now you got kids. So now half of your, half of every year for the last, what, 15 years or whatever, You've been doing this cycle where you have to be aggressive for half of the year. Six months out of a year, you got to have a 100% aggressive flowing through you. Or you take that in, the, in, in a person that haven't matured or haven't grown to the point where they have escaped the aggression that they grew up in in the hood. Fortunately, we came through that, that process and realized that Having this aggression in the, that you were raised up with ain't the best thing for you. It just ain't. It just ain't gonna bring the result that you need to bring as forth as a man. 
but not every person is able to separate themselves for that. Well, a good example, man, for these days as being grown men is, um, you know, good guy, bad guy. When you're a kid, yeah, most times it's going to result in some type of fight or when to fight, when not to fight. But as a grown man, you know, you shouldn't have to be crossing nobody ways about when it comes to fighting and stuff. So a recent incident that happened with me, man, between me and my son, you know, so I'm being a good guy and a bad guy. Okay, good guy. <clears throat> my son, he, you know, he smoked weed. Oh, he um been doing that now, man, since 10th grade. He, he finna be 25 this year. So seven years, he been in plus, shoot, what, probably eight years. He been, eight, nine years, he been smoking weed. So <clears throat> he had um, had to come back home um, about six months ago. Him and his girlfriend were living together. So they had to, they had a little dispute. So they, he moved out with her. Like, yeah, come on back home. So um, I told him, you know, years ago when he when he was back home, you know, out of, out of college, I said, hey man, you know, I, I know you're still smoking, you know, whatever you're doing. I said, but no, don't don't ever come back home with no smelling like this, you know. And that's what I told him. I said, I don't care if you got to stay away from this house three four days. I don't care about that. Just don't come back in here smelling like that because I don't want to smell it. Cause not now you're disrespecting me, you know, as your father, you know. The head of this house, you know, you disrespecting the house as a whole. So, um, that that was a conversation years ago. So, fast forward to five, six months ago, you know, right before um, November and all that. Same stuff going on, you know. He looking for a job, trying to find a job, and you know, he stay gone all day from the house. Then he come home, and he smelling like weed. So, you know, being a good guy, I let it slide, you know. Three, four times, you know. Then one day he got he got he got locked up, and then you know when he got out of my jail, you know whatever. Okay, we get past all that right there. Now you back home. So one day I told him, hey man, you know you talking about going to job call. I'm like, hey, you know you you, you talking about job call? What's going on? What's going on? And he responded to me like. Like basically, like I'm getting on the nerve. Like you know, hey dad, you know, my, you, you keep 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 pushing me. You know, I'm I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I said, look, man, I don't care. I'm, you just need to relay the message to me when I ask you a question. You know, I'm still being a good guy. Um, and that's what I always told my son. I said, man, the good thing you have is you got a father with self control. You know, plenty of self control. So, you know, same little incidents going on, coming home. Smell like weed. He go upstairs, go to the room, close the door. He sleep. I still don't say nothing to him. I don't say nothing to him. You know, so I don't say nothing to him. So one day, say something to him. Hey man, nah. I said you promised your mama that if she got you out of jail in November, you was gonna stop smoking. You swore up and dying, you gonna stop smoking. The jail talk. Jail talk. So he like he said, but I am gonna stop. I said that's the problem. You saying, but you are gonna stop. When you gave a promise that you was gonna stop, I said you up here in this room playing this game. I said you should be on the phone with these folk, you know, trying to make sure you heard me get out of here on job core, because you got to be gone by the time you're 25. So he thinking when I'm talking to him, like I just don't want him there. Like well, that's not the case. You, I'm I'm trying to raise a man, not a not a lazy boy. Okay. So I said, look, man, and, like, I, said, I already told you this before. Don't come here smelling like that. So then I noticed some 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 alcohol on the breath. I said, man, you drinking too? 
You know, I, I said, look, man, look, straight up. Clean this room up, whatever you need to do. Don't come here, smell like that no more. The next day, same thing. I said, okay, I ain't saying nothing to him, same thing. So, what I got, got in my head, well, the next day, what I do when, I'm, when I get home, I'm going to clean the room out. I said, I ain't going to kick him out, but I'm going to make him very uncomfortable. I'm going to make him live downstairs. And you can't sleep on my sofa. So this is what I'm going to tell him. You know, you're going to have to go get your blow-up mattress from Walmart, you know, and you got to sleep on the floor downstairs. So the next day come, I, don't, I ain't care if he was there or not there. So fortunately for him, he won there. So he got to the house, cleaned up the room real good, you know. Uh, this boy ain't ain't washed the sheets. The sheets, man, they black, dirty, nasty. He living like a bomb, really. Like, living a way you don't even have to live, you know. So, real room real nasty, man. I mean, just nasty. So, I'm cleaning up, and he come home. My daughter come home. I told her what was going on. She So, you cleaning up his cleaning room? Cleaning up his mess, basically. So, yeah. my daughter come home. She see what I'm doing. She go to her room, start cleaning up. She's like, I ain't, I ain't finna go through this. <laughs> so, so he come home. So I already told her, I was like, look, I ain't, I ain't finna put your brother out, but I'm finna make it real uncomfortable for him. Because, you know, he's taking advantage and he's too comfortable right now. He's just relaxing. You know, he ain't got no enough pressure on him to make him man up and face that, hey, what you're going through is because of what you're doing, not what I'm doing or your mama doing. So you need to go ahead, you know, you know, get a pep, get some pep in your step. So he come home. He come home. I'm still being the good guy now. I'm, I, I always know how to be the good guy. So he come home. He come up the steps. And he kind of just kind of kind of walk across the vacuum cleaner like he, like he just finna go into the room, right? Like everything's still the same. So he walked into the room. And before he walked in the room, I said, hey, I said, I, I, said, I got all your stuff out of the room and I put it downstairs in the garage. So he still ain't, it ain't hit him yet. So he walked on in the room. He's like, where my TV at? I said, oh, it's in the garage too. I said, everything in the garage. He's like, what's going on? I said, well, basically what's going on, man, you too comfortable around here. I said, and I told you not to do something, and you do it, you still doing it. All right, so I told you yesterday, day for yesterday, not to come in here smelling like that, and the same day after day, you still want to disrespect me. I said, so now I got to do something, you know what I'm saying, to help you put some help in your step, you know, so you can go ahead and, you know, better yourself, so you can get on out of here. So I said, but look, I said, I'm not kicking you out, man. I said, you know, you need, I'm just going to do this. Before I can finish saying what I'm saying, he's like, you might as well be. I said, look, man, I'm not kicking you out. I said, you need to listen to me before you just run out of the house. You know, and before I didn't get anything out, you know, he at the bottom of the steps. And on his way past me, I'm like, see, you don't came in here smelling like that again. You smell like alcohol, weed, and this and that, this and that. He's like, but I'm 24. I said, oh, you 24? Okay, now I'm finna be the bad guy, y'all. So now I'm like, okay, you 24? Then go find you somewhere to live. But before I even can do that, he already on his way out the door. Before I can say, go find someone to live. You know what I'm saying? He he already on the way out the door. So, yeah, as a father, I was being a good guy as long as I could. But at some point, you know, if your kids are not getting it by a certain, you're you finna be 25 on 1st of July. I got to do something as the bad guy. But you're going to have to realize in your head that, okay, dad ain't trying to be a bad guy. He really being a good guy and a right. bad guy at the same time, being a right. father doing what he need to do so that I can better myself. So that's something right. recent that happened yeah. to me, man, just like it's just a couple months ago versus, you know, being a wow. good guy and a bad guy when it's time 
to be a bad yeah. guy. It was dude, it was past time. So Yeah, yeah. From from a father perspective, I think you were still being a good guy. Yeah. Cause you everything yeah. you did was out of love. Like, I mean, you you never Cause when he came upstairs, you could have just knocked him back down the stairs. Yeah. Hey, I told you not to come back yeah. in here like that. And you still you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> still been in the right. I told you not to come in my house like that. You know what I'm saying? That could have been an instant trigger yeah. of bringing the boss man on not. <laughs> but not. um, I think that's a good that's a good point though, man. Being a father ain't easy, man, to your own kids. Yeah. Go ahead, G Money. Well, I'll say this, man. I mean, I, I gave me give me something to look forward to, man. My kids are young, man, but um, I tell y'all about a funny incident because what it all comes down to is actually having your priority and actually being territorial. Now, I'm gonna tell you about a funny story, kind of kind of off, but stay with me, stick with me, and kind of backs up what Boss Man is saying. In my current home, um, we all know about, you know, basically certain animals we come across. And, you know, most animals have a fear inside of them that when they see a human, they actually flee. They move off or whatnot, call it a survival magnums or what. Uh, one day, man, it was this big, big owl, man, sitting on my goddamn balcony, man. Um, Freaked me out, bro. Freaked me out. I ain't never seen a bird mm. that big, that close. An owl now. Mm-hmm. So um, I get out there, man, and my wife and they all scared and everything, man. Like, you know, go out there and get them. So I don't know. I don't know this thing, man. This thing kind of freaking me out. Eyes black. I don't even know what type it was. But I noticed that I would hit on the window. Thing wouldn't budge at all. Um would go and open the door just so they could see me, the look and act like basically I was in its house. Um, and it was weird. I was like, this thing right here crazy. I said, so it started putting more fear into me to play, um, to basically, you know, for it to basically get the message that it's gonna do what it whatever it was there to do. So I don't right. know if it was hunting or whatnot, but it found it interesting. To make a long story short, it took me to actually step outside to get probably my arm range to it before it actually got the message and flew off. So basically, it was saying, hey, you, you want me all to hear, you're going to have to move me. Um, the thing is, is that what I got from that and what I can apply to this situation is hitting me, man, is being territorial. Like what the boss man was talking about. It's being territorial with the idea of, look, if you're going to make it in this world, you have to consider others in everything you do. Um, You got to consider your dad's rules. You got to consider, especially when you stand in the house. Um, As we're young, we don't get that because our brain is trying to make sense of the situation. We all been there. Um, What, to to my experience... Whenever my mother wanted me to do something that I didn't agree with, sometimes I would test her extreme. I would test her extreme to be like, I, you know, you my mother, you love me, so I'm going to use that against you. You're not going to kill me. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. Um, But I think it's important that you basically, 
as the parent, have to force yourself to actually stand as the bad guy to take, you know, certain extremes to get the message across. Especially, you know, when uh, the child has gotten to an, you usually see this in teenage years and on above, where they actually, their brain is actually trying to make sense and it can it can veer off in the wrong direction like real quickly with other influence from the outside. I'm making sense, man. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, it, man. So, so um, um you know, I find that interesting um, that, you know, basically, you know, just being territorial and unmovable according to, you know, your priorities and what you got set and to instill like in kids, like, you know, um, like if you think about it, any job you're going to hold, you got to consider others. You can't go in doing your own thing. But even if you ain't got a job and you running a business, you can't really do your own thing. You have to consider your customers. Um, in order to make it in this world, you have to consider others. I think that's why I think, you know, God has blessed us not on this earth by ourselves, but surrounded by many, many people. When you're a baby, you have to depend on people pretty much your first part of your life without you even being able to articulate it right. All you can do is cry. All you can do is cry. Um, and they pick up on those needs and know what you need, but you can even ask for it, man. Um, you basically, all you can do is cry for it. I find that interesting. And then to come to a point, the uh, thing I got out of this story is, is just being territorial to actually still get that point across to your child. And uh, sometimes it takes those extremes. Um, so... So hold on, G Money. Oh, I'm, I got you. Got to go back, man. It sounded like to me you were scared of an owl. I'm just yeah, man, I was scared. Uh, hey, bro, the owl had jet black eyes, bro. I ain't never seen nothing like it. But you always gonna kind of be afraid and scared of something that you actually haven't experienced yet. You know, it was strange. You, man. It was strange. But, but here we go. Here we go. Hey, I got a wife that ain't gonna let me die from it if I don't go out and get that thing off that balcony. <laughs> I hear you, man. So, oh, you know, man. I had to get up enough courage to actually step out there. And once I stepped out there, it flew off, man. It flew off. But um, it, it was strange to have such a big, you know, bird there on my balcony. But when budge from the little stuff that we would normally do, to actually get, you know, an animal or a critter to actually run off. Um, banging on the window, no effect. Even stepping out there briefly, no effect. This thing was like, you're going to have to move me off here. <laughs> so check this out, right? I'm going to move this. This is a, a situation I'm dealing with right now, actually. Over the years, my kids, they grew up with one of the other dudes in the neighborhood, right? So as kids, they used to walk through the back of my yard. <laughs> Got a little path, they walked through the back of the yard. So, I never bothered them because they were kids, and they were kids do. Now, they grown up. So one of the dudes that used to walk through the back of the yard, probably a year or so ago, I told him, I like, hey man, <laughs> stop walking through the back of my yard. Don't get me wrong, I've allowed it. So I understand it's something that I allow. He don't do it every day. I don't. It could be months beyond months. My point is, you're not a little kid no more. So one day, I said I was out in the yard. I said, "Hey, <laughs> stop walking through my yard." He walk away from me 
like he don't hear me. Turned his head around, so I'm like, hey, stop walking through my yard. He was like, man, I ain't trying to hear that. And he kept walking. So now I'm like, okay, now you're just being disrespectful. Right? So now I'm like, should I beat this? <laughs> should I should I beat this dude, you know, just for walking through my yard? So I'm just dealing with it. Okay, all right, it ain't a big deal, it ain't a big deal. But then like months later, he do the same thing again. So now I'm like, matter of fact, this time he gonna walk <laughs> with me out there in the yard. He see me in the yard. So I'm like, hey, I thought I told you not to be walking through my yard. So now he got this little funny look on his face, but he's still walking through my yard. So the other dude that was with him was like, you know, hey, um, I ain't trying to be disrespectful. So he turned around, came and talked to him. I was like, you know what? Go ahead, man. You can go. You get a pass. Go ahead and walk through the yard. He's like, nah, nah, I don't want nothing to do with all that and that. So he didn't walk through the yard. So now I'm still in the yard doing something to my to my car or whatever. The dude. So now I see the dude come back to the street, but he don't come through my yard. He walk around my yard. But while he walking up through the yard, I mean, while he walking up the street, he looking at me like he checking me with the eyes. So I'm like, so I'm just looking at him like, my point is, do I need to whoop this dude for walking through my yard? Is that, do I need to be a bad guy for just walking through my yard? See, it's like that the kind of stuff, I'm like, okay, like, do, do this make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, man. <laughs> well, they, well, they got a saying that says more than one way to skin a cat, man, so... uh I don't know if you can try all the resolutions as far as putting a fence up. Is it? Uh, but I don't know. Like, you know, like in my second book, I got a chapter called Think Outside Think Outside the Box. So uh, I don't know. I just want you to continue to think outside of that one and just try to come up with a plan B <laughs> before you had to turn into to that bad guy. I mean... The point is, like, this this is not somebody that I don't know. This is somebody that my kids grew up around. I don't yeah. ag- I don't agree with their lifestyle or what they represent, but at the same time, it ain't like it's somebody I don't know. I feel like you disrespected me. Like, if, if back in the day, I would have felt like I had to fight you because you just being disrespectful. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the same time, now I'm like, is it worth all the energy just for somebody walking through my yard. Don't nobody else do it but him. There ain't nobody else walking through my yard. I mean, it's some little kids now that, little smaller kids. Man, that's that, his yard. Yeah, yeah, it's your yard. That's his yard. He walked your yard when he walked to. That's his yard. I think I think too, man. You, you know, uh, backing up the uh, more than one way to skin a cat. I remember, man. Um, being in the apartments I used to stay when me and my wife first got married, you stay in these apartments and below us, um, there was a young lady and her mother there, man. Um, she wasn't too respectful, you know, of a, of a young lady, I would say. I mean, I call it as it is. I mean, you know, um, I'm there, the mother's at work and you can see dudes coming in and out of this place all the time. Um, not too far from the apartments was a, 
semi-bad neighborhood, you could say, you know, where you had, you know, a lot of young kids that would bring bad influences over to the apartments I stayed in. And uh, and one night seemed like she was throwing a party, man. You know, uh, you know, folks were getting up, man, and you know, in and out of the door, and just kind of just disrespectful. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I felt mad enough. You can went out, said something, and kind of got the same response you had, like, you know, who the hell you is, you know? So, uh, you know, I had to call the police, and you know, it's something that you know in our culture we think, okay, being a sellout do for doing it, don't do it. But don't, don't, don't. being a smart, you know, I mean, I can't take on ten young guys, at, you know, at, at one time. You know what I mean? You know, so I ain't yeah. gonna be that crazy. But um, um, just being territorial, it was funny because as soon as the police pull up, man, I ain't seen roaches scatter quicker than that, man. Um. Them guys scattered, man. I mean, uh, half of them, they don't even know what they were running for. I mean, if you're going to stand your ground and you so right, okay, why when the police show up, all of a sudden you scattering? So um, the young lady was pretty much standing there like, okay, so what are y'all running for? What are y'all running for? Ain't nothing but him. He, he called the police. Um, you know, and then it was just the thought of just, you know, going by them at all times or whatnot. Um, you know, cause they stayed right under me, um, just getting those funny looks like, you know, what, you know, but, um, it, it, it you know, they eventually had moved away, um, you know, whatnot, but it was just interesting. But, you know, I feel where you're coming from, man. You know, it's one thing that I wasn't going to actually try to sleep through that crap. I was like, okay, something going to have to give. I'm going to tap into my experience and knowing that you live under laws where you can't do that. You know, I could shut it down or call somebody to shut it down, you know? I hear you, G Money. Yeah, man. Yeah, G Money, the reason why you never seen Road Sky like that, man, because you were not black, man. I done told you, man. <laughs> you ain't black, man. You got to be black to see Road to Scatter like hey, that, man. man. So, hey, man. <laughs> I, 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 I say I grew up around blacks then. <laughs> so let, let's, let, let's hey. flip it a little bit. Let's flip it a little bit. All right. Let's flip it a little bit. It's, um, let's just say being a bad guy, right? Being a, uh, hood dude, being in, I know that ain't none of, neither one of us really live this lifestyle, but being in the hood, we come from it, we've seen it, we've been around it. Let's just say you're a drug dealer, whatever. At what point do you you see that you need to flip the strip of being that dude to show uh, a nicer side or an easier side of yourself to get certain things done? Like, for example, if you bought that life and I, I would just say, if I was about that life, that dude would not be walking through my yard because he already know I'm going to bring that to him the first time. You get what I'm saying? So when do you, as a bad dude, have to lower, not just standard, but like um, like Rob was saying, you got to have that discernment. When do you do that? Hold on, I'll give you hold on, man. You lost me, man. Go back, man. <laughs> okay, when you that... When you that dude and in the street, the hood dude, you got to, I say it like this, you got a certain um, reputation you got to uphold in the street. You're going to be that dude in the street and you get tested. When do you flip the strip to say, hey, you know what, this 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 fight ain't really worth fighting. When do you flip that strip to be the good dude? Um, For example, my uncle, 
uh, is a cop. Well, he was a cop. He retired. Now, he was a cop. So if you seen him and you knew him, you would know that his demeanor, he really don't take nothing from nobody. He like real stern on everything. But then when you at home <laughs> at his house, he kind of his demeanor be kind of the same way. But when he talked to you, it be totally different. You could tell his guard is down. You know what I'm saying? If you ask him for advice, he could tell when his guard is down. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. See, that go back to what I said earlier, man. When you when you being that, he 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 had, <clears throat> he had a persona that he had to uphold due to what he was doing in the neighborhoods he was patrolling. Okay. And he had to let everybody know, hey, I mean business out here. You know, a lot of small towns like where we from, man, everybody know everybody. So even if you are a cop in your in your city, they know you. So a lot of people you patrolling, you gotta let them know, hey, look, I know you, but at the same time, I mean business right here when I'm in this cruiser. So back to what I said earlier, man, you know, you can be, you can be the good guy long as you need to be, or vice versa. You can you can do your job long as you need to do your job, but then when it's time to be, go home, switch it off and go home. And that's what he was doing with y'all. You know, y'all was able to approach him, you know, and have your uncle at home. But uh, doing duty hours, yeah, he your uncle, but at the same time, he's not your uncle. You see what I'm saying? I'm, so, I'm asking y'all what other example do y'all got or what have y'all seen? In that area, like to flip the script, like um, from being a bad guy, then being a good guy. Yeah, like, like I know my dad was a a, a, a sergeant in the army, right? A drill sergeant or whatever. Um, I can't say that I when I was younger, I was it was time when I was just scared of my dad. I'm gonna be honest with you, like he was a big dude and he talked heavy and. He knew <laughs> sometimes he turned it off. You could tell when he turned it off, but uh, sometimes he brought it home with him. And you know I, I say this, man, and, and from knowing and meeting your dad, it's hard for me to say that, you know, but I, I don't know him like you, but it's strange because I remember a couple of times I met him, seemed like a cool dude, like like real easy going, you know? Yeah. And that's how I, you know. me being from the Army, man, that that's that drill sergeant persona, man. They... They they got a they got a stressful job, man. It, it's stressful training little young knuckleheads coming into the military. You know, say your dad a drill sergeant. And he got he got he got a platoon. He got 35, 40 little knuckleheads all from everywhere. Twenty from New York, ten from Georgia. You know, you know, six from California. You know, couple on from Panama and from everywhere. So wow. it, 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 it's it's a <laughs> it's a stressful situation, man. That you because his job is very serious. You training people to fight for the USA, okay? And that that has to be taken serious. So I know, like on the look of the faces of my drill sergeants, man, I I can imagine like you know living that. You know when your dad come home, sometimes he couldn't turn it off. Uh, you could turn it off, or you know what I'm saying. However, however, it had to be, man. So, you know, I think the key word the, um, to all this is, I think the key word would be called mindful. And you know, the word mindful, the being able, and that can tie into discernment. You know, they can be, be the stem root word again. 
But just being mindful, and like y'all said, knowing when to be the good guy and the bad guy, because uh, I can recall I was called down to Columbus, Georgia, to do a, a motivational slash life coach one-on-one session with this um, one of my friends. He uh, he worked for Allstate, but he also worked in real estate. And um, he explained to me that, but uh, he explained to me that his son goes to a predominantly white school, and he was ten, and that he had got suspended for school because he grabbed a little white girl on the butt. And then when she said stop, he told her to shut up little white whore. But it was explained that all his friends was already doing it, but he was the only one got a spell, but all his friends was Caucasian. So with all, I was just taking down notes and I was taking in everything he was telling me before I reached his son. So when I got to his son, I was able to let him know well, first I had to take him back to the Martin Luther King Day and just get him to realize that, you know, because of your skin, you're not going to get treated like your friend. So things that they would might get away for being a bad guy, you ain't going to get that same break all the time. And it's not even really your friend that's causing the suspension, but it's their forefathers. Like, that's the way they was raised, and that's the only way they know to be so you still gonna get some of that treatment like your forefathers got. So I had to just take him back to be mindful on who he is as a black person. And when your friends are being the bad guy, you don't need to be that same bad guy because nine times out of 10, you see you on suspension and they not. You gonna get treated like the bad guy, they gonna get treated like the good guy. So. I think once we start to realize who we are as people and I try to like in my life now, like, and that's why I said, like, I don't know if you need to put a fence up or whatever, but I try in my life now, I try to put everything on the legal scale. Like what means the most? Or uh, if I react this way, what's going to be the, if I act this way, what's going to be the reaction? So a cause and effect. I try to always put that on the legal scale and see what it means the most. Right. So, you know, we just, and I just think that's the key word of being mindful on when to be the good guy and the bad guy. I think we do that because we've grown. And I think um, with maybe you and all of us, we don't been on both sides of the scale. I think when yeah. we, when we, we know how it is. I can tell you, I know what it's like to be in the hood and have to live that life every day. And you got to have a certain mindset to go outside to interact with other people because their mindset is that way. So you had to have that carry on that mindset to move a certain way, to think a certain way, to to be a part of that grind. The on the flip side of that is that when you come away from it, you don't want to get back over there because you know how hard it was to move your mind away from that. Your 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 the way you live, the way you think. The, the, your desires. For example, when you live that life, you start desiring the things that that life produce. And if you desire it, it's hard to put it, come away from it and put it down. So I agree with what you're saying. Um, that's why I've been like trying to decide what to do with this situation with the dude. Because I don't want him to take me to that side because I know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it don't make sense just because he walked through my yard. 
know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and not only that, you know, once you know, if they was the one to try to take you in or something, hell, bills still got to be paid, them right. days off work or days away from your business. So, you know, the reaction could be pretty bad when it comes I mean, to that. Not only that, it's just also to think if something happened to the dude, there's a possibility that his future, he 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 may not always be this way. You know what I'm saying? Whatever he, you don't know what somebody's future may hold, and you don't want to alter their future. That makes sense. Like if you shoot somebody, it might make that person worse than where they at already, or it may make them um, a better person because they want to get out of their life. You that you don't think about that when you're in the hood, but when you when you live that life every day, you only thinking grimy. You only thinking, um, ain't nobody finna get over on me. But then as soon as you, you know, like Mike Tyson said, everybody got a plan till they get punched in the mouth. When you get punched in the mouth and you realize you ain't got no teeth no more, you got to alter the way you speak. Now you're trying to, you know, you got to choose. Either I'm going to go back and live harder than I was before or I'm going to change how I live. That's, that ain't where you want to have somebody's decision for their life in your hand like that. That's what I'm saying, especially for walking through your yard. That's, that's where I'm at out of maturity. But on the other side... You know, you got to stand your ground yeah, if you threaten. Yeah, you got to stand your ground if you threaten. And again, you could be protecting them, man. Staying out of your yard, he may he may not walk into another yard where he gets shot. You know, some people ain't going to ask like you ask. You know? Um, that's um, true. You know, some people not going to ask and do what you do. I think I think mainly, man, we just decide on our priorities, Um, you know, and be territorial about them. Uh, that basically just don't have our own uh, interests, you know, uh, you know, thought about, but also others' interests thought about as well. I mean, by you being stern about him not coming into your yard, yeah, he's going to look at it like it's ridiculous, like what kind of hurt he's doing. But and I've been doing I mean, this for years. What, yeah, you know, um, you basically teach them a lesson as well. And just like your kids, you know, like, you know, boss man said, I mean, boss man literally just moved everything to the basement. But, you know, getting from what his son's reaction was, dad, you put me out, you know, I dare you. But um, it wasn't it wasn't for the boss man actually to actually give in to those emotions. I said what I said. And you you got to learn from your ways, man, you know. Um, yeah. I think the same thing applies there. You know, I basically you stood your ground and told them how you feel. It's your yard, and you have a right to your property. Um, a lot of, lot of, lot in our culture, we don't respect others' property. I mean, I've heard stories where you know uh, people go in after a son they owe them money into the parents' house uh, to fight them, and that like disrespectful. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I, you know, it, it basically you could have been saving them as well by saying something, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to wrap this up, man. That's a good point, G. Um, basically, man, this is my conclusion, conclusion of thought. Um, being good doesn't mean that you a pushover. Being good doesn't mean that you can't be firm. Being tough doesn't mean that there's not a lighter side inside of you. Most of the time, 
that lighter side that's inside a big man, such as a football player or whatever, it comes out at some point. There has to be a balance. It has to make sense. In maturity, we have, we grow to know the difference, the discernment of when and when not to be assertive, be aggressive, to handle a situation, to bring forth a certain result. We do that and we learn it as we grow. Um, for example, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to take a sludge hammer to swat a fly. It wouldn't make sense. At the same time, you don't want to take a little fly swatter to try to chop down a tree. So we, as we grow older, we try to do what makes sense and be balanced. Like Boss Man saying, there was a certain point that his son tested him that he had to do something. Like I'm saying with this, this guy walking, you just walking through my yard, which he, I have allowed it for so many years because he was young. Now I'm asking him to stop. I don't want to create some kind of confrontation with somebody I know for just walking through my yard, but at the same time, I'm asking him to respect the situation. To be honest with you, I don't feel like there's a threat, but I also feel like there can be one. Like G Money was saying, like, um, like Mr. Royal William was saying, like there's gotta be a discernment when that force is needed and when certain actions gotta be taken to bring forth the result that we want. That's my conclusion. I'm gonna move forward to the segment. For the boss, only a boss can do it. So y'all know, I'm gonna ask y'all one time, ask y'all one time to give me your attention. Everybody sit down. We move to the boss man. All right, boss man, your platform. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it gets through the maze of my mind, then I'll approve it. Time for the stamp of approval from a boss that can do it. If it gets through the maze of my mind, pretty good show today. Pretty good show today. From a boss that can do it. If it gets through the maze of my mind, then I'll approve it. Time for the stamp of approval from a boss that can do it. All right. This is the segment where I will approve or disapprove on something. Today, 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 I think I will be approving one thing. As a grown man, you are in control of yourself. So today, the boss will approve. You can be a good guy as long as you need to be. Keyword need, underline need. You can be a good guy as long as you need to be. And that is boss approved. All right, all right. What's up, G? What's up, man? It's that time I got the numbers, man. Uh, you guys know the boss man will demote his own son if necessary, so I gotta do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> gotta hold my own. Uh, you guys know, and we appreciate every listener out there. Um, yep. We also have a platform where you guys can call in, leave a voicemail, but you also can text us uh, messages and feedback on how you feel about the show. Uh, that phone number is 
678-435-9076. Again, that's 678-435-9076. Again, you guys can give it a call. Leave a voicemail on there if you feel like. Uh, also, you can text it. Um, also, you can reach us at Band of Brothers. That's with a Z. Pod at gmail.com. That's Band of Brothers Pod at gmail.com. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from you guys. All right? Yeah, yeah man. man. So we want to thank Mr. Rob Williams for being on the show. Um, he's an author. Uh, uh, public speaker. He's a he's the guy with some experience with all that we talked about on the show. He's been on both sides of the platform. Yeah, man. Again, the title of that book is Tales from the Pen When Knowledge Become Power. So, yeah, check out um, Rob Williams, man. Uh, he's working on a second project. We will be putting up information on how to contact and um get your purchase of the book real soon so stay in touch with the podcast man and um appreciate you again for being on the show mr williams roddy Williams. yes sir yes sir and i'll be waiting on the next time to come back man i really enjoyed it man all right man so all that said man that's our show today special show for the day so we want to thank y'all for listening for being in the hood come back again Come chill with your folks. All right, man, we out. Peace.